Morning, everyone. Welcome to God's house today for worship. In our readings, we want to see a very particular theme today. It's sort of an exceptional Sunday. The law of God was given to explain love, not to limit it. Let me explain. A grade school boy gets in trouble with mom. They're outside. And she says, don't you move a muscle. You stand there until we finish this. So he stands there. The mom goes inside the house where it starts on fire and she's incapacitated and can't help herself. And so the boy sees this, the house is on fire, mom's inside, but she told me to stand here. I can't move a muscle and God gives the fourth commandment, I must obey God. The law was given for love to be explained into what it looked like, but not so that law would limit love. In the moment, he should have run inside to help mom. We're going to see that aspect in each of our readings today, that life is important, and we want to show love towards that. Honoring the law, and at times doing more than what the law says. This time, let's turn to our opening hymn, number 223. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We have come into the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children, but we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sin to him and plead for his mercy. 
Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray. Have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all of your sin. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give us all now strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of this forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Son, Jesus Christ, is our true Sabbath rest. Help us to regard your law as a gracious gift that points to him, and help us attend to your word in a way that honors him and pleases you, for he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. based on these words of 1 Samuel 21, David went to Nob to Ahimelech the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he met him and asked, Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? David answered Ahimelech the priest, The king sent me on a mission and said to me, No one is to know anything about the mission I am sending you on. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us as usual whenever I set out. The men's bodies are holy, even on missions that are not holy. How much more so today? So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. This is the word of our Lord. We continue with Psalm 122, where the congregation is asked to join in the verses, but the, or the refrains, the verses will be led by the cantor as well as the first refrain. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. 
I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. I rejoiced with those who said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Second lesson today from Colossians chapter 2. You know, when you look at what Jesus did, Jesus didn't sit back and say, You sinners broke the law. Nothing I can do about it. You're stuck. He didn't let the law limit himself. Instead, he stepped up and showed incredible love by what he did in the cross for us. We see, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. This is the word of our Lord. Alleluia,
Jesus' words this morning are from Mark chapter 2, and here he shows us again, the law was never intended to limit love, especially where somebody's life is on the line. Give the people, let them have something to eat, including his disciples when they're hungry, even if the day falls on a Sabbath. We read, one Sabbath Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. This is the gospel of the Lord. mercy and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ who is the Lord of the Sabbath. Amen. God's word we consider in the sermon today, the first lesson from 1 Samuel 21. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Out of all of the Israelites' soldiers, 
David was the only one who had the courage to step out onto the battlefield and face Goliath, that giant, and slay him by the strength of the Lord. David had gone out and he had killed 200 Philistines, those enemies of the Lord's people, and become King Saul's son-in-law, married King King Saul's daughter, Michal. David had led the Israelites in campaign after campaign on behalf of God's people and sent the Philistines fleeing in terror. Yet even after all of these things that David had done on behalf of God's people and for King Saul in Saul's service, King Saul still wanted David dead. King Saul, in his jealousy, tried to pin David to the wall with his spear numerous times. He tried plotting behind the scenes, arranging things so that hopefully in battle, David would fall and die. He even sent assassins to try and slay David in his bed. David was on the run from Saul. But David knew that he could always run to the Lord. In psalm after psalm, as the Spirit led David to compose many psalms, David sang about the Lord who was his deliverance and who cared for him always. This Lord is our Lord, too. And just as David did in this section from 1 Samuel 21, you and I also can find help with the Lord. Our section starts off with David going to the town of Nob. There he spoke with Ahimelech, one of the priests there. Now back when the Israelites first entered the promised land, the tabernacle and the priests did all of their duties in ministering at the city of Shiloh. And over the course of the next several centuries, that's kind of where things stayed. Then during the time of Samuel, the Ark of the Covenant was captured in battle by the Philistines. Only for a brief time, And the Lord afflicted the Philistines with tumors, and so they sent the Ark of the Covenant back. Uh, Things were kind of in flux a little bit there with then uh, the worship. And during the reign of Saul, for some reason, uh, the tabernacle seems to have been moved to this city of Nob, where the priests ministered there. There were over 80 of them. Now you'd think, as David came to Ahimelech, one of the priests there, that David would be welcomed as a national hero. But instead, Ahimelech goes out to meet David, and he is trembling with terror and quaking with questions. David, why are you here alone? What is it that no one else is here with you? David's response might trouble us a little bit too. David doesn't just come out with the the bold truth. Saul's trying to kill me, and I'm on the run, and I need your help. Instead, David talks vaguely about being on a mission for the king. You might wonder why. Well, perhaps David didn't want to speak ill of Saul at all. David was a very conscientious man, and later on, several times, David had the opportunity to hurt, even kill Saul, as Saul was pursuing him. David wouldn't lay a hand on the Lord's anointed king, Saul. Perhaps David was trying to protect Ahimelech a little bit, too. Maybe thinking that the less Ahimelech knew, 
perhaps the less trouble he'd be in. Deniability, he wouldn't be able uh, to say where David went or to be tortured for information, those kinds of things. Perhaps David was referring to himself as the anointed king because David too had been anointed. I still wonder why David didn't just come out with with the bold truth on it. But the matter of fact is that throughout the Old Testament, we find God's people in situations over and over again where they guard information in order to guard someone's life, in order to protect them. Really, that's what happened with the Hebrew midwives back in Egypt as they spared the Israelite children when the murderous Pharaoh wanted to have them killed. And those midwives, they didn't tell Pharaoh the truth about what was going on there, but it was to protect life. That's what happened with Rahab. When she hid the two spies in Jericho, she told her townspeople, uh, they went that away. They already left when she was hiding them, uh, protecting their lives. Uh, that's what happened earlier on in 1 Samuel when David's wife, Michal, helped protect him from some of Saul's assassins. Uh, she guarded the information there in order to guard life. Regardless of whether what David did here was right or wrong, God's law commands you and me to use words to help people, to protect them, to guard their life both here and for eternity. That's why God's law urges you and me to lovingly point out people's sin and call them to repentance with our words. God's law urges you and me to go to people with the gospel. He tells us to tell them about the forgiveness of sins in Jesus, all who need to hear it. God's law urges you and me also to declare our loyalty to Jesus. When that's called into question, when someone asks us about it, Jesus is my Lord, to confess him in front of others. And in cases of danger or persecution, that may mean that we use our words guarding information or even misdirecting people in order to protect life. David found himself here at the tabernacle. He was there with Ahimelech the priest, and he needed some help. He said, give me whatever you have on hand. I'd like five loaves of bread, but whatever you have. The priest said, all I've got here is the consecrated bread, uh, the bread that's set apart for the priests. That was how the Lord provided, in his law, the Lord provided for his priests. A portion of the animal sacrifices or the bread, grain offerings that were brought would be burned uh, on the altar, but then a portion of them went to the priests to eat. That's how the Lord provided for them. And week after week on the Sabbath, 12 loaves of bread would be baked, and they would be set in two stacks of six on a table overlaid with gold in the tabernacle. And after their time was done in the tabernacle for those loaves of bread, the priests would get to eat them in a special place, that consecrated bread. David uh, knew that this was one of, one of the Lord's laws. This was one of the Lord's many worship laws. And the Lord did not want those worship laws, his ceremonial law, to be casually disregarded. Uh, several times over the course of the Old Testament, you read about that. And, uh, for example, Aaron's sons, Aaron the first high priest, two of his sons, they offered incense contrary to the Lord's command, 
Lord sent fire and consumed them with fire. Once there was a man carrying wood on the Sabbath, doing work when it was, he was not supposed to, and the Lord commanded that he be stoned to death. The Lord was serious about his law. Another time, a man named Uzzah reached out to steady the Ark of the Covenant when it was being transported, and the Lord struck him dead on the spot because they were not transporting the Ark of the Covenant in the way that the Lord had specifically prescribed for it. The Lord was serious about his law. Yet at the same time, as Jesus teaches us in the Gospel lesson today, uh, the law was made to bless us. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So, on several occasions, what seemed to be maybe breaking the law, the Old Testament people were doing what was right. For example, on the Sabbath, no one was supposed to work, yet the priests still did. They didn't get a day off, not on the Sabbath. The priests, they still carried out sacrifices and other things around the tabernacle. For the Israelites, if one of their animals would fall into a pit or injure themselves, the Israelites, even on the Sabbath, could do the work of helping their animal who was injured. The Lord in the law also told the Israelites not to harvest all the way to the edge of their fields and to leave behind the gleanings for others. And so as the poor or the foreigner among them went around and gathered that food, that was not stealing That was the Lord's law providing for them in need. The law was given as a blessing for those people. And so that's why David was able to confidently go to the tabernacle, to confidently stand before the priest and say, help me, give me something to eat, five loaves of bread or whatever you have on hand. That's why Ahimelech was able to give him that bread. Jesus commended that situation in the gospel lesson. That's why Jesus also defended his disciples as they were eating grain even on the Sabbath because the law is meant as a blessing. Now, Ahimelech, he offered David food and assistance, keeping the law. You and I break the law. When we send people away who are truly in need, sending them away empty-handed. I'm too busy. I just don't have time. Well, they probably deserve what they got. I'm not going to help them. I don't want to have anything to do with them after something they said or did just doesn't sit quite right with me. If I give them some of my food or some of my money or some of my time, then, then I'll have less of it, won't I? We break God's law when we send people who are truly in need away empty-handed. David followed God's law even as he took that consecrated bread when he was in need. We break off from God's law. When we are truly in need and we don't go to the Lord and his people for help. Overwhelmed with responsibility, burdened with guilt, not managing our money, Marriage on the brink of falling apart. Children out of control. When we need help, the Lord calls us to come for it. When we refuse to go and get help when we, when we need it, we are preventing others from carrying out the law of love 
and from helping us as the Lord directs them. Ahimelech told David that he and his men could only have that bread if they, were, uh, if they had kept themselves from women. That might sound a little bit strange to us. David was married. Many of David's soldiers had wives. The priests had wives. Why should they not take advantage of that blessing of marriage that God intended for people? This also was part of God's worship laws that he had given in the Old Testament. There were certain times when God wanted people to refrain from intimacy, such as before they went to worship, before they went to war. When the Israelites were gathered around Mount Sinai, this was another time when he asked them to refrain from that. David reassured Ahimelech that we have been kept from women, we are consecrated wholly according to that outward regulation. Uh, God has several lists of things in Leviticus 15, washings and sacrifices related to that as well. Even though David and his men had kept themselves from women in in that outward way, the only way they were truly holy and set apart through faith in the Lord. It is the same for you and me. What did Ahimelech get for helping David? Well, one of Saul's shepherds, a man by the name of Doeg, he noticed Ahimelech helping David, and he reported that to Saul. Saul was so angry that he called all of those priests, over 80 men from the town of Nob, to come before him. He said, what are you doing helping David? Didn't you know he was trying to get away from me? They said, we just thought we were helping your son-in-law on a mission for you. Saul ordered that they all be struck down and killed. Now, none of Saul's servants were willing to do that, to lay a hand on the Lord's priests, But Saul asked Doeg, the shepherd, to, and he did. Not only did he slaughter all of those priests, he went to the town of Nob, and he put to death every man and woman, child and infant, donkey, cattle and and herd and flock. He put everything to death. It was a massacre. This priest, Ahimelech, was slaughtered for helping. You and I have come to such a priest today. We have come to the house of the Lord, to the great priest, Jesus. And he offers you and me the help that we desperately need more than anything else. Jesus is the Lord from all eternity, true God. He sustains all things by his powerful word. Not only does he give us our daily bread, but he took on our humanity And he lived under the law perfectly in our place. Jesus always honored his father and helped his neighbor with his words. Jesus always had compassion on others. And he never turned away anyone who was in need of help. Jesus always was devoted to the Lord perfectly and never defiled himself. For this, He was slaughtered. Paul tells us in the second lesson today that when Jesus died on the cross as our sacrifice, the charge of our legal indebtedness was nailed to the cross. We are no longer guilty. We are 
pronounced innocent, declared righteous because of his death, slaughtered to help us. Jesus was slaughtered for our lies and for our lawlessness, for all the times that we were indifferent to other people's needs, for all the times we refused to ask for help that we needed. Jesus gives to you and me his purity, his perfection, his holiness. He gave it to us in our baptisms, just as he will do for Alyssa in late service today. When we go to the Lord for help, that is exactly what we find in Jesus, our great priest. Just as David was able to go to the Lord's house, to Ahimelech the priest, to provide for him on his way. When we go to our priest Jesus, he still provides for us along our way. We go to him who loved us to death and back. He gives us the strength to love each other. We go to him who generously provides for all of our needs and he gives us what we need to be generous toward others to help provide for their needs. We go to him who speaks his truth to us in his word and he gives us the words to speak when we need to rebuke or encourage or comfort those around us. Jesus, when we go to him, him who kept the law perfectly for us, he gives us the strength and the ability to follow God's law in thanks to him. When we go to Jesus for help, we find help with him, with the Lord. After David learned what Saul did to the priests there at Nob, David wrote a psalm about it, Psalm 52. And he talked about Doeg and all those who use their words like Doeg did, telling on the priests, using his words to hurt other people, David pronounced ruin and ridicule on them. On Doeg for looking to make himself in a better position and to be, get rich by having others killed and slaughtered. Such will be the end of all who continue to dismiss and twist God's law. But in Psalm 52, he also talked about those who go to the Lord for help, like David did, they will flourish in the house of the Lord. They will be blessed who trust in God's good name. They will find hope in the Lord forever. Just like David did, that is us too. He is our Lord. Let's go to him every time we're in need, in any temptation and trouble, for there we will find help with the Lord. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven 
and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Continue by bringing the offerings forward at this time. You have given us your precious word to nourish our souls and to protect us from the temptations of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. We Heavenly Father, we pray that you would shield us from every kind of danger, sudden catastrophe, terrors of crime, and the pain of disease. Watch over those who travel by land, sea, and air. Keep our loved ones from whatever perils may threaten them. Bless our land, our people, and those who hold offices of high trust. Keep our government and schools upright and strong for the advancement of good citizenship and useful vocations that we may enjoy your gifts of peace and security and well-being. you for the rebirth of Alyssa Jacket this morning and for raising her up to know the freedom of your love in Jesus Christ. Bless her to walk in the Spirit all her days. We also ask you to pour out every blessing on Brandon and Nicole Mueller, married here Friday. Help them grow their love from the first day until the day they see its source in you. Hear us, Lord, as we bring you now our private petitions. bring these requests before you in the name of Jesus, our Lord, and ask you to hear us. Take all that we have, our bodies and minds, our time and skills, our ministries and offerings, and use them, Lord, to your glory. And we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the hymn. Almighty God, we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and do. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts that we may be strengthened in faith, guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another and serve your Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.
morning, everyone. Again, welcome, everybody. Welcome, guests and visitors. Love having you here. We'd love to have you worship the Lord with us again sometime soon. As far as announcements for today, we are starting a new Bible class, Bible study this morning. The topic is 2 Corinthians. really ties in a little bit with our theme this morning. Uh, if, if you want to see what love looks like, the Apostle Paul really puts himself forward in such a neat way in this book. And you get to see his heart as well as a reflection of the Lord's own heart through his ministry. So you can join us right here. We'll start about 9.25 in the sanctuary. There are some goodies and coffee prepped in the commons if you'd like to uh, imbibe and enjoy some of that as well. Bible study is still happening this week, Wednesday as well as Thursday evening. We're going to have our last Song of Songs study this Thursday night and then break for summer. Other than that, I don't know that I have any further announcements. Pastor Cody? Just one thing to mention that for the younger children, if you want to stay for Bible class, the younger children, there will be child care provided in the gymnasium this morning during Bible class. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Any other announcements from you for today or the week ahead? And please greet one another in Christ. God's blessings, everyone. Have a great week. Uh-huh.